They have great identity, their national brands. You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted your force! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what we do because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What's happening? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting a divorce. Don't do this. No. No. I got to say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is it because we were bad? Please don't cry like that. Please don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC. So it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride. Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. Uh, us in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked. We kicking this on me. We kicking this thing off. Here we go. Live from the Palace in Piedmont, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown, brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Here I am. Countdown time. Thank you, TJ. 22 is what we're getting to today. I can't tell you the story yet. Someday I will, TJ, but um, I was having a hard time getting a hold of a play-by-play -play yes guy yesterday, so I made a call. Somebody made a call, or I sent a text. Somebody sent a text to somebody else who made a call. An athletic director ended up getting involved. Now I think I've made an enemy in the SEC, TJ. Uh-oh. I can't tell you that story yet. It's not about today's team. But remind me after a little time has passed, and I will uh, tell you okay, that story. Okay. okay. Don't be upsetting people before you get there, you jerk. I didn't mean to. I I, I didn't mean to. Somebody th threw some weight around on my behalf, and I didn't necessarily ask for that. But uh -oh. anyway. Uh-oh. Golly. You may be able to figure it out. We'll see if somebody comes on the show with some attitude or not eventually <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> Great. Maybe able to figure I'm it out. I'm hoping this is uh, uh, the week I'm gone on vacation. So, When are you leaving on vacation? I'll be gone the whole week of August 7th through the 11th, that whole week. Alaska? Yes. All right, here we go. Countdown. Uh, Monday at 25. Remember when the show started today and you thought it was Wednesday? Yeah. And I thought there were only 14 teams in the <laughs> SEC? That's right. Texas Tech at 25. Uh, they get Oregon in week two. 24. Spencer Rattler in South Carolina were at 24 on Tuesday. They open with the Tar Heels in the Dukes-Mayo kickoff classic. And then yesterday at 23. 
It was those pesky Tar Heels at number 23. Mac Brown joined us live to talk about his season opener against the Gamecocks, which brings us to today. The number 22-ranked team in the T-Row in the Morning Show Top 25 College Football Countdown is... I mean, I'll stand by this. There are a thousand annoying things about Texas A&M, but their band slaps hard. That fight song is legit, Teach. Come on. Now, aren't you looking forward to the A&M band coming back to Norman? And everything? Here, let me remind you. I have edited this one, so let me remind you of this fight song. Oh, yeah. You still like it? Thank you for editing it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Texas A&M <laughs> at number 22. Texas A&M, TJ. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, if there was a Real Housewives of college football, Texas A&M would definitely be on it. Texas A&M is a soap opera. Five and seven last year. They were terrible. Uh, and what did Jimbo Fisher do, TJ? He went and brought in Bobby Petrino to be his offensive coordinator. I'm not saying what his role is. I'm not saying what it is. I'm not saying what it's not. Is Bobby Petrino going to fix everything? Or will Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino have a fist fight on the sidelines at some point this season? I lean toward the latter. We shall see. Five and seven last year and the 101st ranked offense in the nation. They averaged 22.8 points a game. Thus, Bobby Petrino. New quarterback, Connor Weigman. They're excited about him. They think he's got a chance to be a hot shot QB. Anaya Smith, who missed much of last year with a leg injury, is back. Wide receiver, good player. Got a freshman All-American, Evan Stewart, as well. But, I mean, here's the deal. They were terrible on offense last year and they lost their best player Devin a chain their running back is now in the nfl now they do have a five-star reuben owens coming in maybe he's going to be a stud we shall see but i got big time questions about texas a&m petrino might click them into gear immediately and they're a juggernaut it's possible it's also possible that this is a complete barn fire this year. Defensively, like the last two teams, South Carolina and North Carolina, Texas A&M had a very good pass defense, very soft run defense last year. They were 123rd in the nation in rush defense. SEC teams ran all over them. To be honest, that's why their pass defense was so good, because nobody even tried to throw the football against them. They didn't have to. They knew they could just line up and run at them. Now, you know they've recruited well there. They've taken some OU guys. They've paid a lot of money. Jimbo's got ranches. They have talent. Why they haven't been better on that side of the ball is really a mystery. Again, Maybe this year it all clicks in, but there is no doubt Jimbo is feeling the heat on that giant contract. He went five and seven. Petrino was a controversial hire 
it better work this year or it's going to get real ugly before Texas and OU come into the SEC next year. Schedule. They opened with New Mexico, no problem. Week two at Miami. I mean, I think they're better than Miami, but that's a losable game. They get ULM after that. Then they go into SEC play. Home games against Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, Mississippi State. They play Arkansas on a neutral site, Arlington. Road games at Tennessee, at Ole Miss, at LSU. Every SEC schedule is tough, but they're in the West, last year of East and West, which means they got to play Bama, they got to go to LSU, and they drew Tennessee on the road this year. They got to go to Ole Miss, too. I mean, it's tough. Texas A&M's a hard team to figure out, Teach, because they've got uh, elite talent. They've recruited very well. They've paid a lot of money. But they're a mess. They're discombobulated. They've got, by my count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight losable games. They won't lose them all, but even if they only lose half of them, that's seven and four. I can do no better than 22 for Texas A&M. Too high, too low, or just right. This one's tough because for personal entertainment, I want them to be better than that so that he does hold on to his job, Jimbo, I'm I'm talking about. Please don't Uh, fire Jimbo. Please don't fire Jimbo. So you want them to be better, but you want them to be bad at the same time. So this one's very difficult. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. But, boy, I don't even know if they're going to win half of those. I don't know that they have less than six losses this year. That that would put them out of the top 25 and probably lead to what we were just talking about, and Jimbo would be out. You're saying too high? Man, even some of those home games that they've got, I could see them losing. I could see them losing to Auburn and South Carolina at College Station. Arkansas could beat them. Alabama, they've got at home, but Alabama can beat them. So, I mean, it's it's a tough schedule, and I don't know – does the mixture sometimes you see a couple get together and you're like, oh no, that's like way too much crazy getting together, and then right. they just click and it's like, boy, right. their crazy plays off of one and each other. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to be Petrino and Fisher or if at some point during a game one of the watch. two spears the other into the ground uh-huh. and uh, you know Please. stands up and trash talks over the other as they're laying on the ground. So. I, don't I really know. hope Petrino is not up in the booth. I hope he's that's on the what I'm saying. Like if he's on the sidelines, there will be an altercation at some point. I think. So, I think what I, with all of that said, I think personally, I want you to be right because I think he holds on to his job. But I think you've got him too high, Whoa. and I think Whoa. Jimbo loses his job. So. Whoa! Um, but uh, this is breaking news. I guess. Word that Mac Brown was on live with us yesterday has spread in the coaching community because we welcome in now Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher, head coach at Texas A&M, welcome to the show. What do you think about being ranked number 22? Clown X. Hmm. <laughs> you know, honestly, Coach, I told TJ you should have been ranked higher, but he held you back. 
Maybe somebody should have slapped him. I completely agree. Do you think that your reputation of being shady has worked against you in some of these preseason rankings and stuff? I don't cheat and I don't lie. See, well, he's got to win. we got to keep him around. Calm down, Coach. Calm down, okay? Uh, uh, I want to go in depth and talk a little bit since we've got you on the line here about your offense and defense, if you will be patient with us. Not going to. We're done. Coach, please. Jimbo, be reasonable. Not going to. We're done. Uh, one thing before we let you go, Coach. Terrible year last year. How do you plan on uh, bouncing back? If that's the case. <laughs> Uh, just let me handle it. I will do that. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate you stopping by. <laughs> clown axe. Well, that's probably true. We are Jimbo clown Fisher. We definitely everybody. are clown axe. Texas A&M at 22. Coming up top of the hour, play-by-play voice for the Aggies, Andrew Monaco joins us live. We'll be back. We welcome in now Andrew Monaco, play-by-play voice of the Texas A&M Aggies. Good morning, Andrew. So you're calling me in to save the show yep. today? Is that what you're That's saying? Right. We're going to the dependable right-hander out of the bullpen to save the show today. <laughs> That's exactly Good right. morning, my friend. <laughs> Man, you I got to thinking about it. Uh, you might have the best job in America from the interviewing coaches aspect. I mean, Jimbo, <laughs> Petrino, Schlossnagel, you got quite the stable down there, man. Buzz Williams. Buzz. I do. Toby, I, I, you, you know what? It's funny you say that. We were talking about that, and, and I, I was in the conversation with someone about that, that uh, all three of them, you get to, as, as you know, we, we do it all the time. We either talk to them during the week in their offices, or we talk them at shoot-around, or we talk before first pitch. You also get the coaches' shows. Toby, I learned so much from all of them. It's amazing. To me, it's almost a master class in that sport. But you also learn about life with them. I, I, uh, thank you for saying that. I am, I am, I am truly blessed to be able to work uh, with some f- phenomenal coaches. Andrew, one of the guys, Teej, uh, that does all the sports. He does baseball for uh, Texas A&M as well and does an outstanding job. I love hearing him call baseball. We're talking football, though, today. So tell me about Petrino and how this has worked so far. How do you see it working once the season gets going? I mean, it's it's a couple of really big personalities that that have to uh, you know share offensive duties here. You know, Toby, I've I've been thinking about this, and we didn't see a lot in the spring. There there wasn't a lot that we saw, but talking with players as they were coming through for media day, and uh, a lot of the offensive players are very excited about what Bobby Petrino has brought to this offense. It's it's going to be there's going to be similarities. Uh, you know, you can only win in the Big 12 if you have you got to have the skill guys. I get it, but you have to protect the skill guys, right? So it's got to be guys with the hands in the dirt, as Jimbo Fisher always says. So uh, offensive line is going to be a premium, and I'm excited because it's the a second year for the Aggies under Steve Adazio as the offensive line coach, and the defensive line coach to have Elijah Robinson on this staff is is exciting. Uh, and to me, more than anything, the players have said, look. There's going to be a lot more motion, and obviously with the way college football is going, there's got to be a little bit more tempo to this. But I also think there's going to be times that late in the game, if the Aggies are uh, up by a touchdown, get the ball with five minutes back, the opponent's not going to get the ball back. I think you're still going to see those principles of, of, of Jimbo Fisher. 
What surprises me about where all of this, and, and maybe it is the personalities, I, I don't know, but what surprised me about all this is Jimbo Fisher has been in this role before as Bobby Petrino, if this makes sense. This yeah. is what he did with Bobby Bowden at Florida State. Yeah. Isn't this what he did with Nick Saban at LSU? Like, he was the coordinator with the head coach. I think it's more of, does he become more of the CEO? But everyone's expecting this to be something completely different. I don't know if that's going to be – there's going to be wrinkles, but I don't know if it's going to be completely different. But I do know the offensive players for Texas A&M are very excited about what Bobby Petrino will uh, install along with Jimbo Fisher. Do you like their chances of getting better quarterback play this year? Yeah, absolutely. I, Toby, I truly believe that they are deeper and more talented in every position. Uh, Connor Wigman, uh, you know, last year – not a good year. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat that. And a lot of baptism by fire. But I think a lot of the players who had to play last year because of injuries liked playing, were confident they could play, and realized they belonged in the SEC. And I think Connor Wigman is one of those guys. And, and I'm, not, I'm not convinced that he's the guy. I, I say it this way. Max Johnson isn't just going to give him that job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like that there's going to be competition in every spot in the fall. I don't think there's anything that's guaranteed for, for any of these players that they're going to get pushed. They, I don't think Jimbo has ever had more talent than he's had at, at Texas A&M. And, I, and, and talking about experience, which they lacked last year, the injuries last year came back and, and bit them. But to go out and recruit and use the transfer portal – they're deeper at wide receiver. They're going to miss Devon Achain in the backfield for sure now that he's in Miami, but they're deeper at running back. I think this offensive line is going to be better to have Bryce Foster back uh, an all-SEC center is, is huge. And I think the defensive line is really going to set the tone for this defense. I'm excited. I'm excited because you have maturity coming back. You have experience coming back. You have leadership coming back. I think the right guys came back for extra year here at Texas A&M. I want to get to the defense, but one more offensive question. You mentioned A-Chain is now uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Five, the, the Reuben Owens kid comes in with all kinds of hoopla. Do you feel like he's going to be the man right away? Who oh, he sure sound really mature when we talked to him when he came through and understands what he has to do. <laughs> Toby, you know why I hesitate? I love all the excitement about recruits. But what's going to happen once? (laughs) Are they going to belong or not belong? And and I'm not saying that about – I say that about all the guys. And there are some freshmen who just absolutely are eye-popping. And there are others you're saying, well, he's not there yet. Get there in a couple of years. I think he's one of those guys who can do it right now. I look at the size and the speed. and, And a lot of times, Toby, for me, it's what are the teammates saying? And even all the other kids in that running back room are raving about Reuben Owens. And he's got a lot. The, the help is going to come from Le'Veon Moss, who has a year under his belt. It's going to come from Amari Daniels, who was the backup last year to Von Chain. It's going to come from Ernest Crownover, who came back for an, an extra year. When those guys are raving about a running back, that really, that really says something to me. And, and you have to have that. You, uh, that's the thing. I don't know if this team has been as explosive in the past as they have a chance to be this year. I think Reuben Owens gives them that chance. Got to have that home run hitter right in the backfield. If you yeah. don't, 
it, it makes it a little bit easier uh, for the defense. Okay, defensive line, loaded with talent, that highly recruited talent, like you mentioned, struggled against the run last year. Uh, what makes you think they'll be better this year? I like McKinley Jackson being back on that, on that D line. I, uh, Toby, I made the mistake in the past with a guy, Bobby Brown, uh, who's now with the Rams, and, and I said, pardon me for saying this, but let me finish my sentence. I said the defensive tackles are the most unsexy position in football. No one cares about them until you start making the play. And now you see the Aaron Donalds of the world making money, right? So obviously the NFL understands that, yeah, it may be unsexy, but we're going to pay those guys, those cloggers. I think it's that experience they have coming back. I think McKinley Jackson coming back and being healthy is huge with a little bit to prove. I think he's got a little bit of his chip on the shoulder because the injuries have, have knocked him down. That, the way it sets up to have those guys in the middle, I really think this D-line, the size and that speed, you go back, whether it was Bobby Brown, whether it was Justin Matabike, they always had someone there in the middle and allow someone to really rush on that edge, and that can be Fadil Diggs, and that can be LT Overton. It might be one of the linebackers. They may go to that Jack linebacker uh, that a lot of teams are going with as well because they have that kind. I just love the, the athleticism now on that defensive line. I heard Jimbo in his office talk with a, a former coach. They coached together at Auburn. He was a GA. He's now a scout with the Ravens. And Jimbo was talking about Justin Matabike and about Twitch. And I said, Jimbo, I've never heard Twitch used with a defensive lineman. And now you do. And that's what I think the Aggies have up front. And my partner is Dave Elmendorf and played here at Texas A&M and with the Rams and with the fearsome foursome with the Rams. And he is not shy, this safety, to always talk about how that offense, excuse me, that defensive line, that front four can help the back seven. I just think that talent that they have, that front four, may be a difference. They may be able to dominate up front. I think that's going to be a big key for this, for this defense. And I think a second year under D.J. Durkin is going to help. Um, very, a lot of these guys, it was Mike Elko, then to D.J. Durkin. There are some similarities. D.J. can be very aggressive, and this defense loves playing for him, and it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in year number two. I think they have more pieces than they had last season. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Give me a pick to click, and I'm sure this is somebody whose name you've already mentioned, but an Aggie who is going to emerge as a star this year. Mm. Either side of the ball. Uh, uh, I, I, I really think it's going to be a, a wide receiver, and, and I think it might be a Noah Thomas who's okay. in his second season, bigger, stronger. I'm he- I don't want to hesitate because Evan Stewart was good, but I think Evan can be a breakout. And I love Moose Muhammad um, and Anaya Smith. Like, I'm, I'm giving you too many, too many names right there. Uh, defensively, mm, Bryce Anderson, I think, becomes the Antonio Johnson on the defensive side as that nickel, that impact nickel, who probably had to play more snaps than he had to play last year. But one of those guys, <laughs> I like this. I, I, I belong here. I, I can do that. That's what I think is going to be fun is we we can have a number of guys do that for the Aggies this season. Uh, The schedule is always tough in the SEC. You never get a light draw. But because of what happened last year, because there's a little percolating heat or maybe a lot of percolating heat, that week two trip to Miami feels really big. Agree? 
I, I do agree. I absolutely do agree. Uh, and you're right about the schedule. Uh, the thing that gets me is I, I know they were I know they were five and seven last year. Everything seemed to be a one score game, and there's that fine line. And you t- we talked that you you led you led with the coaches. It's so funny. Buzz might say something that I'll use with Jimbo, and Jimbo might say something that I'll use with Schloss. And it's the fine line between winning and losing. That fine line, they found a way to beat Miami last year. It wasn't an exciting game, but they made the plays, but they could not keep that momentum. And I really thought it could change. The App State loss was disappointing, yet they bounced back that next week against Miami. Now to go to South Florida, a Miami team now the second year under Mario Cristobal, yeah, we're always excited when we see the non-conference matchups until you actually have to play those teams, right? I think I think it's going to be interesting. I think Miami will be improved under under the second season. I think that is a big matchup, and I love the test because it gets you ready. Because two weeks later, you dive right into SEC play with with Auburn. Finally, um, finger on the pulse of Aggie fans: Have we slowly embraced? that Texas and to a lesser extent Oklahoma is coming into the conference next year, or are we still upset about it? Uh, Let's see. Uh, On the Texas side, Toby, let's be honest. I think we're kind of waiting for Texas to say you guys were right all along, and that's never going to happen. (laughs) You you want an apology. (laughs) (laughs) No, we have accepted it. I I think what's interesting, Toby, is I think if this was – uh, 2012. This isn't the same school that that went into the SEC in 2012. You know what I mean? So they've had a, they've had an opportunity, especially on the on the football side, to grow and morph into an SEC style team. But uh, I think there's some excitement to it. I really do. Uh, but I also think there's 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 a little eye rolling that goes on as well. Going, uh, you know, uh, not just not just Texas, but. All the things in the Big 12, the Baylors and the Techs, they were mad. The, I, I guess they finally took down the billboards that Baylor put up because of that, uh, about, about leaving. Uh, but no, they it was all the right hate us. For, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to find that out this year, right? They're all, they're all no, going to get their last swipe. It's, at, it's at both three years of hate. Yeah, they all hate us. It's it's it, it it was the right move for Texas A&M, and I'm going to say it's the right move for Oklahoma. It's the right move for Texas and the SEC. What a what a power! And uh, I think you're absolutely going to uh, in, enjoy it. I, I really do, and uh, looking forward to it. But again, let's let's just crank up a you know a rivalry. And I'm hoping that A&M and Oklahoma play more than what I'm hearing when it comes to these schedule when it comes to football. But I'm so glad we're going to. Um, more of this, not so much pods, but to play more of these teams. Toby, we've never been to Kentucky. We played Georgia just once. Uh, I'm, I'm glad in football we're going to be seeing more and more of these schools. Best and I lied. One more question. Best and worst visiting radio booths in the SEC. Give me a hint at what I'm in <laughs> wait, for. Wait, 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 wait a second. Football or yeah. baseball? F- football. Or... Football. We'll talk baseball later. Football. Best okay. and worst uh, visiting football radio booths. I'm thrilled with Missouri. I'm going to tell you that right now. Have you been to Missouri? Yeah, great I've, been, I've been on the sidelines of Missouri. I haven't been. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a great. Good people really love the people. That's not a great booth overall. Mo, oh, oh gosh, Toby, I'm sorry. Auburn, you're in the end zone. <laughs> I knew it was coming to Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> Rod, Rod, Rod Bramblett, Rod Bramblett, God rest his soul. Uh, when that happened, and they couldn't change that. 
met me at the elevator and apologized to me all the way up as he brought me into the booth. And Andy Burcham does the same thing every time I go there. I can't believe I've waited that long to do that one. It's going to be Auburn. You're going to hate it. All right. Oh, I'm looking. We go. We go to. Uh, we go to Auburn, right? Teach year one. No. Yes. Yeah. I think we do. I should know that. Andrew Monaco, voice of the Aggies. Andrew, thanks, bud. You're always great. Appreciate it. Pleasure, my friend. Thank you.